I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. Girl, I do That's some bad hat, Andrew. It's a cool show. Not a doctor. Bye, have a beautiful from you, love. Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. And I'm Damask Lurie. And today we'll be discussing Glow Season 3. Damask Lurie, how are you today? Quite well, thank you. I spent all day watching Orange is the New Black, season seven. Catching up on that. How are you finding that so far? I shan't discuss it until the (laughs) podcast in which we need to discuss it, Broderick. Can I say, Mm. I'm going to say this off the top. Mm. The first episode of the new season Mm -hmm. was horrendous. (laughs) Look, it wasn't a great start, but you know, it's looking up. One of the, yeah, one of the worst starts to a season of television I've been anticipating for quite a while. Mm. Just really let down by that. Do you know what's good news, though? What is? Do you hear that Netflix has uh, asked for three more seasons of Big Mouth? I did know that, yes. Oh, you're a big fan of that show. I haven't really watched it I am it a yet. big fan of that show, and I'm very excited. There's quite a bit of blowback, though. Why is it blowback? Because they announced, what, the day before that they were cancelling, was it Birdie and Tuka? Yes. Tuka and Birdie. Yes. And then they released... Good point. The, the news that they're going to give Big Mouth three more seasons and people were not fucking happy. I didn't see that blowback. That makes a bit of sense. It mm. is unlike Netflix to... It's I mean, to, sensitive. To keep anything going, really. Mm. But to order something for three seasons, yeah. like they never seem to think that far ahead. Yeah. The only thing about that, like, I, I understand, you know, obviously you're fans of that show to be upset that you don't get more scenes, but people were likening Big Mouth to like Family Guy and stuff and saying that it was just dumb. And I just... Don't think that's true. I just don't think they've watched the show. Yeah. I or think from certainly an anim- much of it. From an animation standpoint, sure. Yeah. I, I understand. Tuka and Birdie is definitely much more yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I understand those criticisms. But to say that Big Mouth is devoid of anything deeper than what Family Guy is offering is just untrue. Speaking of Netflix for a second, mm-hmm. which we do a lot of, let's be honest. <laughs> I was wondering the other day, um, did uh, do we know what happened to Lost in Space? Do you remember Lost in Space? Yeah, of course We I reviewed the first season of Lost in Space. Lost in Space! Yeah. You know, a- about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and we, they said they were going to make a second season. Where the fuck is it? Where the fuck's Lost I'm in sure Space? it's coming. Be patient. It just feels like we should have heard something about it by now. I'm a little bit worried. I don't know with Netflix anymore. I'm just worried it's just going to disappear into ether. And we'll Have never you looked know in the happened. Google machine? I looked and no Nothing. one no In one. fact, it's been deleted from the internet. <laughs> yeah, lost it. If that season you doesn't can't find it's even those three anymore. words together on the internet. No longer exists. <laughs> this comes up as did you mean last mm. in spice? That That's some sense. deep st- <laughs> deep state stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh All right, enough of this nonsense. Let's get to our spoiler free review of Glow Season 3. Let me clue you in. Season in review. 
Viva Las Vegas. Glow <laughs> season three packs up its leotards and leaves behind the lights of LA for a new life in Sin City. While the setting is new, the cast is pretty much the same. And with the core players returning in full and new additions, Kevin Cahoon and Gina Davis as entertainment director mm-hmm. and Las Vegas veteran Sandy Devereaux St. Clair. I definitely Amazing said that right. Name. Season three is available internationally on Netflix and consists of 10 episodes, each coming in at around 35 minutes and took us approximately five hours and 30 minutes to watch. At the time of recording, there has been no word on if Glow will get a fourth season which after the discussions about all those other shows, yeah, mm. who knows where it stands who right now. Knows? So, Damask, mm-hmm. do you remember how we felt about season one and two of Glow? Loved season one. Mm. I was, I'm just a huge season one fangirl. Fucking amazing. Really liked season two, mm-hmm. although I think a little bit less just because it wasn't like this beautiful surprise that season one was. You would be correct. Woo-hoo! We were both in a similar uh, situation. Uh, we both gave the first season five stars. We both gave the second season four and a half stars. So wow. big, big fans all around. I actually wasn't on the episode we recorded Glow season one, but mm. uh, oh, that's right, I, you loser. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't around, <laughs> but I did make it public knowledge. Or I have now anyway. So mm. understanding that we're massive fans of season one and two. Yes, Ask, could you please give us your spoiler-free review of Glow season three? I reckon I probably can. Please yeah, do. Sure. That'd be great. All right. Give it a crack. <laughs> so, this show and this season may falter under the heavy weight of my high expectations. But that's only because every other outing of this show has been a resounding success. I mean, you just mentioned the ratings that we gave it. Mm-hmm. So, it's pretty fun. good. The show's creators have definitely and expertly created a diverse cast of characters that I love. And unfortunately, this season, it falls short. The weaving in and out of storylines. Can you hear the pain in my voice? Yeah, you don't want to say this. (laughs) The weaving in and out of storylines between different characters only skims the surface. The close relationships between the women is only spoken about, but I rarely get to see it in season three, unfortunately. I don't simply want to watch a montage or very special episodes in which they all either celebrate one another or confront an underlying issue. I want the day in, day out functions of these relationships that lead up to those moments. Now, this season isn't terrible, but it does get lost in the woods. It feels meandering and I often found myself asking, what are we doing here this season? What story are we telling and whose story is it? The show seems to ask with every season, where can we go next? And that is absolutely fine. Progress and movement is important with story. But it shouldn't come at the price of acknowledging and exploring where we are now. Many of our characters are rarely seen and their stories are underserved. Seeing the women perform is still a highlight of the show. I still love those moments. And every time we get to see the women play with one another, it is certainly a highlight. But nowhere near what we've seen in previous seasons. This is still a fun and entertaining show, but it is lacking the energy it once had. Betty Gilpin, my one true love, is still a treasure. You have a lot of one true loves, I might say. Chris Hemsworth. <sighs> Nothing like Betty Gilpin, can I say. Okay. Oh, I had a dream about her the other night. I told you about it. As you soon as did. I woke up, I was like, I had a dream about that. Like, Betty Gilpin was my girlfriend, was so in love. And then she broke up with me <gasps> and I was devastated, so devastated because I knew, well, I can never be happy again because she's the ultimate and I woke up and I was upset all day. I'm still in recovery from it. Anyway, moving on, back to my review. Look, the, <laughs> the rest of That the- really was a symbol of your 
your emotions about glow, I think. That was you dealing <laughs> Wasn't with the disappointment. Just, that might have been oh, it. Processing. Okay, yeah. thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Dr. Goddess. That actually makes a lot of sense. Thank you. All right. Uh, look, the rest of the cast also <laughs> give fantastic. I don't know. Oh, I wish. Uh, <laughs> stop it. I'm reviewing here. Sorry. I'm trying to be professional. The rest of the cast give fantastic performances. The character of Sheila is expanded and becomes the heart of the show in many ways. It's, you know, where they take it's kind of unexpected, but it's also really exciting. It feels true and organic, and I loved it. Glow has so many interesting women to explore. So it is a disappointment that many of the episodes feel as though they're standing in the way of that exploration. I finished this season feeling as though we had tread water. I still recommend Glow to people, but certainly not because of this season. That's my review. What about you, Broderick? Fair enough. I just want to bounce off what you said about how much you enjoy like the performance scenes, the wrestling mm. scenes with the girls. And I agree with that. Yeah, those still end up being the highlights. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of like... Um, how much I enjoy like Midge performing in mm-hmm. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, yeah. only maybe to a bigger degree because I think they're more successful at making that consistently good in Glow is mm-hmm. the wrestling scenes and maybe a little bit less in Mrs. Maisel um, season two. Um, and yeah, those de- those are definitely highlights still, which is like, oh man, I just think about those episodes in season two, the one we just do the whole show. Mm. It's still such a highlight of, of the show, uh, of the series yeah at this point all right the word i have used with glow in the past is effortless for two seasons the show felt like it was doing everything right and did so without breaking a sweat and as easy as they made it look to make it was just as easy to watch this wasn't quite the case third time around the show is still good but it got off to a clunky start with an odd energy sometimes something wasn't quite right and it was hard to put my finger on what it was exactly, but the effect was felt and suddenly effortless became a little, little more effortful. The writing was a bit patchy, lacking this previous, its previous sharpness at times and falling into a slight habit of telling rather than showing or not trusting the showing had been enough. The general feel was flatter and the pull to be around these characters because they wanted to be around each other had faded. I started to wonder... Is it possible that Vegas just sucks? Because as a place in real life, it sucks. And maybe as a setting on TV, it just sucks too. Always coming for you, Vegas. Vegas is a fucking terrible place. (laughs) Never spend more than two or three days there, I reckon. Uh, Luckily, by midpoint of the season, things started to pick up steam a bit and stories started to get their gears turning. And the show as a whole picked up for me. I actually say it peaked around the midpoint. Glow has a lot to say, and mostly they do a great job of it, but sometimes it can feel a little tokenistic or easily put aside. There are things that are brought Mm. up this season that are just as easily put down again. Mm. And it's like, oh, I really thought we were going to do something with that. I Mm. guess not. Or the show goes, oh, we resolved that. And I'm like, no, you you did not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it kind of makes me wonder, maybe some of these things are going to play on further. There are certainly Mm. two or three threads that do last the entire season mm. for sure. But there's a couple of things that show up that I thought were pretty important. They're just yeah. like, yeah, and just forgotten about, dropped, yeah. never to be thought of again. Uh, Debbie and Ruth scenes, as always, are fantastic. Anytime you put Betty Gilpin Ooh. and Alison Brie in a, in a scene together, you, you get gold. There's just Not no way around it. And what I think is interesting about this show, though, it would be easy maybe to fall on just putting them in like every scene together and mm-hmm. every episode together. And I think they're smart to not overdo mm-hmm. the Debbie and Ruth stuff and to 
use it sparingly because it, it remains consistently great. You get sort of a check-in on where they're like, begrudgingly frenemy thing is their mm. res- mutual respect for each other. I would other agree with that if they were spreading it out and in between the things that they were replacing it with were of the same quality. Oh yeah, no, this is not a comment mm. on what goes in between. Yeah. It's just on that. Yeah, right. I think it's the I think it's the right amount of that. Mm-hmm. They do need to get the other quantities of things right. Yeah, but I think the I think it's just the right amount of Ruth and Debbie. I don't. Gotcha. You could overdo it and it would lose its potency. Mm-hmm. But like literally every time, it's just those two on a scene. Like oh yeah, we get a Ruth and Debbie <laughs> scene. It's like it feels special to have mm-hmm. that. Betty Gilpin, in particular, as you said, Ooh. is still killing it. And overall, the cast is great. But it's been nice to see the spotlight shift to characters that have had very little to do beyond fill out the numbers. These women and men all have a lot of storytelling potential, and I always appreciate spending time with them to dig up more. I equally appreciate the show uh, always knows when it's time to put a story aside for a while. Or sorry, I should say a character aside for a while. They're not afraid to have characters disappear for a bit or at least step into the background. And that's to the benefit of its talented ensemble. Orange of the New Black could have learned this a bit earlier in its run. Overall, overall, while there are still lots to like, this is undoubtedly the weakest season of Glow so far. Uh, it is just a stumble. Is it just a stumble, I should say? Or a sign that the concept has run out of juice. Who knows? But while it's definitely a step back, I'm nowhere near wanting to jump off, jump off the glow train yet. Mm-hmm. So I said it may be a little bit more positive than you overall. Uh, what would you give this out of five stars, Damask? I am going to give this season a three out of five. Three out of yeah. five? That is quite a step down yeah. from your four out of five. It is, yeah. That's fair though. I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Somewhere between decent, no, no, better than that. Yeah, no, decent and excellent. Yeah, it's still good television by a long way. Mm. How can a show with Betty Gilpin killing it be anything Agreed. less than a three point five? I mean, uh, I I just think it's middling this season. Fair. Betty Gilpin is not. She's always five out of five for me. Yep. I mean, and- that's because she's a ten. But you know, this show, it's a three. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but to really talk about it, we're going to have to get to spoilers. Mm-hmm. So before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to remind everyone that if you enjoy what we do here, we'd really appreciate you sharing the podcast with others who you think might also enjoy listening. We also appreciate your positive reviews on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. But right now, let's talk spoilers. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. You're now entering the spoiler zone. 
Spoiler warning. On this episode, we'll be discussing everything that happens in season one, two, and three of Glow. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of Glow up to this point. And in a rare case, we've watched this before you have. So if you're watching this at the point of us uploading this, Mm. don't think you've watched it. You haven't. Turn around, (laughs) go back, go watch the show next week. Come back and listen then. If you've not done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You have Have been been warned. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. So when I asked you what you want to start with, you said, Mm -hmm. let's just talk about the Ruth problem. Yes. What do you mean by the Ruth problem? (sighs) (laughs) I I like the character of Ruth. I, I do too. I've enjoyed her in season one and two. And yes, she's intolerable. That's what I find most endearing about her because she can't get out of her own way. Um, and that can be really interesting. This season, I feel like they don't know what to do with Ruth unless it's in context to her relationship, a romantic relationship with a man. Right. Whether that be her blah boyfriend, whatever his fucking name is, or Sam. Russell? Probably. Who knows? That sounds right. Yep. Um, but beyond that, like... That's that's her story this season is like, which boyfriend do I want? And I don't find that. Um, Because I, I don't know. I thought it was maybe going to the point of like her need to either have this man or this man speaks to her insecurities, always making the wrong decisions, all that kind of stuff. But I don't really know what they were saying with it. Other than like, this is Ruth's storyline is realizing and admitting that she wants to be with Sam, which is boring. So first off, is there is part of the problem that in you think about her in season one, she's set up as being very aspirational actor, mm-hmm. right? Gets this show, she takes extremely seriously, takes her acting really seriously. Uh last season she is like directing things and though and that sort of stuff as well. She's directing the the intro video that's season one even might be, but she's like directing yeah, things and like one, yeah. she's got an aspiration not just to just be the best performer in the show, but to direct and all these other creative things. Mm. And then this season they're in Vegas and they're doing the same show every night. And we do get that uh, start of that episode where she's like taking off her makeup and stuff, and you see a year, nine months go by mm. basically in one go, and you get the idea that's repetitive and samey and blah blah blah. But yeah, there's it seems to be very little comment on how what this is doing for her career aspirations overall. Yeah. Uh, it does seem to be everything that, except for the very, very, very end bit with her and Debbie mm-hmm. at the um, at the airport. And then there's a scene where she's on the ranch with Debbie as well. And that sort of Debbie's living this life with the, the rich Tex guy mm-hmm. who's not really from Texas, but whatever. <laughs> and Ruth's like, you know, everything went really well for you. I've been trying and trying and trying and nothing came of it. mm Everything else seems to be Sam and Russell related. Or really Sam related. I mean, Russell is just... A symptom of her problem. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is that is that, I mean, is that summing it up? It's got to do with, like, we just lost what made Ruth a compelling character to us in the first place. Was Yeah, I just don't think I got the next level of who Ruth is this Sh- season. That's a good way of We didn't it. level up character-wise, in, just in understanding, yeah. No, and instead I think we've gone... I mean, she's become pretty petulant and weird and like it again i think this is vegas's fault it's just the influence of vegas <laughs> uh that that episode what do you think about episode two then with 
there's sort of like Ruth and Sam have this sort of weird date day, you know. Mm. Sam sees Ruth having breakfast and reading, uh, doing notes or reading a script or whatever it is, mm. and like, come and gamble with me. And they go and gamble for like four hours, and then they go and have dinner, and Ruth buys the steak, and blah, blah, blah. And then they go and get into the hot tub later, or Ruth comes over when he's in the hot tub. Mm. And like, he calls her out and says, yeah. What the fuck are you doing? You know, I have feelings for you, and Fair. You know, what is this? Yeah. That was my first question. How do you feel about just that? But how do you feel about Ruth through this entire episode? I'm, yeah, I wish I understood a little bit more. One, I think like Sam is totally in the right, being like, I clearly like you. I think he's outright said it. Yeah, and you treat me like we're on a full day date. Yeah. Into the evening, and now we're in a fucking hot tub. You must know how this feels. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, comes down to like Ruth being bored and unfulfilled and, you know, enjoying the ad- like admiration, adoration and attention that Sam gives her. Um, and they genuinely get along. Mm-hmm. But what did I make out of that episode? Well, just make, I think of Ruth, right? You, I think mm. you explained it quite well, you mm-hmm. know. She's enjoying the adoration. Mm. She's bored and unfulfilled, those sorts of things. She comes across as extremely, like, childish and, like, petulant's not necessarily the right word. Although, she does put up some, like, meek, like, affronts to what Sam's saying to her. What are you talking about? Exactly, right? Which comes across as really, like, teenage bullshit. Yeah. Reminds me of fucking year, year, like... flashbacks, eh? Yeah, totally. (laughs) Totally. Um, And it's, yeah, it's just hard to, to... I don't know what to make of Ruth in this season because and even just in general, like, yes, they get along. What is, is that enough for us to believe in Ruth and Sam? The way he treats her and talks to her and like as a director and all that sort of stuff. Do we believe in, and are we meant to believe in Ruth and Sam? Because we get to that point in episode mm. nine where they're in the bar and she's like, I just figured out I'm in love with you. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, wait, she does that in the desert first with Debbie. And she like makes this decision. What Debbie gave her the four options, like, how do you feel? And she's like excited and scared, I think it was. Mm. And then she's like, I think I love him. And it's like, oh my God, sort of thing. How do you feel? Like, does that does that make sense? Does the story get us there? Does that work for you on any level? I th- mm, yeah. One I think I'm just missing the insight. Yeah. I think is is a big issue. We're not forgetting something from season two that I don't remember. I mean, it- I mean, it's, if if, it's always been on the cards because it's something we've discussed every season. Well, obviously. I was going back through my notes from season two mm. and there was... But I thought they were going to be friends. That's And th- I was excited about that. That's what my notes said too. Yeah. Um, but I think like it's not... Tr- yeah, this general like, oh my God, I really do love Sam. I think it's just like... Ruth is bored and unfulfilled and this is like the only exciting prospect. It's like, oh, well, now I'm actually in love with this person. Mm-hmm. Which obviously then immediately <laughs> she retracts when, yeah, she thought her life was going to the next step. She was going to be in love with Sam and her career was going to take off. Sure. Oh, my goodness. And all of a sudden her career is not taking off and she's no longer in love with Sam or like just takes it back immediately. Mm. So... It's so, with Ruth, it's so just dependent on whatever else is going on. If suddenly she had other career prospects 
and was leaving Vegas, would she be in a long distance relationship with Sam? Of course not. But she's stuck in this fucking like rat cage with nothing else to play with. She's bored. I don't know. I guess like her and Sam connect and he's the only other rat with a dick. So does the nine month time skip do us a disservice as well? Because we go from like she decides she's in love with Sam. Mm. She gets back and Sam's not there. Skip ahead nine months. Mm -hmm. And then they've had no real... She's been writing notes to him in the state, like the daily performance notes and stuff. So, we assume that whole time she's still been pining for him. Like, that's what we're meant to think. Yeah. She'd go and find someone else. She's not stooping the doorman like Debbie is. Good on you, Debbie. (laughs) Fuck yes. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's certainly the... The person that she connects with. Even when he's not there. Even when he's not there, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a shame that Ruth hasn't really developed any other... I guess she's got a bit of a thing with Sheila, but that feels like residual from previous seasons because this season we don't really see her connect with anyone else. No. Which she's I think a- is like a detriment to the character and that's probably why I find it less interesting because she's not hanging out with a lot of the other characters that I find interesting. I think to some degree, thinking about now, I think just the ratio here is off a little bit, right? Mm. I think we get a surprising amount of Ruth in this season. We do. For a character that doesn't have a lot of story going on, really. She's got Mm -hmm. this sort of like, will they, won't they thing with Sam, realisation that she's in love with him maybe, and then like, and then I feel we got a lot of her when there could have been other characters who were better served with that time. Mm. I, I keep coming back to Orange of the New Black. And, like, there was a point where I was like, why are we still hanging around Piper? <laughs> yeah. Boy, I'm sick of Piper. And to put... They did. They did a season uh, where they sort of let, pushed Piper and Alex into the background, just let other characters have yeah. their time in the, in the spotlight. And they didn't really have much of a story that season. And you know what? It was great. It was much better. It was totally fine. And maybe they should have just trusted that instinct more mm-hmm. and, like, not yeah. tried to push this whole romance of Sam thing on us. Yeah. Or even do it, you know, in... The background. We can like... Because obviously her storyline sure, this season sure. is really stagnation. You and know so what? the fact that she doesn't have a huge story, can we can, you know, have moments here and there, but far yeah, fewer scenes with Ruth. Probably that would have been, been better. Just mm. have it like happen in the background. We can just sort of see it sort of actually like blossoming over 12 months a little mm. bit and then get to a point where we have to talk about it properly. Yeah. Go from denying something that's not there, but being friends to we can't deny this anymore mm. or Ruth can't deny this anymore. What are we going to do about sort of situation? Yeah. But the problem is that Sam has a better storyline to be in than Ruth. So he pisses off LA again mm-hmm. because eventually they bring back in his daughter, whose name is suddenly Justine. I say, don't point at me because I can't remember. Yeah, Justine (laughs) reappears after not being there for Mm -hmm. the first few episodes, and then lovely to see her again. It was actually I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, Justine's back, and pulls Sam back to LA because she's got this amazing script she's written, and he wants to get it, her help her get it made into a movie, Mm -hmm. Um, which I found a much better place for Sam to be. Yes, it's a much more interesting storyline for me. Sam connecting with his daughter that he never mm. had a connection with when you know growing yeah. up and like becoming a better man for actual selfless reasons exactly and not just to fulfill himself with a romantic relationship way more interesting way more interesting even the stuff with like him writing his script and Sheila getting a look at it and giving him very valid notes about yes. the difference in the dialogue the men are getting and the women <laughs> are getting and him having to reflect on that yeah. and then 
having to admit that his own daughter is way better at screenwriting than he is mm-hmm. and and instead of yeah trying to make that next big movie of his own yeah help and her being make- like shitty about it which you know I think it's fair for us to expect Sam to be shitty sure. about it. He is not at all. He's like, this is fucking great. Let's do something about it. If he's cool. shitty, he's only shitty himself that he's not as good. Yeah. It's, ne- it's not any sort it's of It's nothing like- outward. It's just like an inward reflection, which is fair. But, and that, which I think has always been in Sam. It's yeah. always been Sam to be a little bit self-loathing mm. and it just it makes total sense. But yeah, to turn that, yeah, that admiration he has for his- daughter and what she's able to do into something positive is, is very cool. Yeah. And then alongside that, though, he has his health concerns. Correct me. I kept trying to figure out, was, mm. has Mark Maron been sick, like actually sick in real life? Oh, I don't know. Because I kept thinking, boy, he's skinny this season. <laughs> and then characters kept commenting on it. Oh. Um, I don't know. Hasn't he always been skinny? I didn't think so. Maybe they just dressed him a bit differently to make it show off. He, he Then he gives up the cigarettes and he's playing tennis and he's actually apparently is... Because I thought he was... I, for a while there, I thought he was talking shit mm. when he was saying, oh, yeah, I'm dating the uh, rowing machine. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's is he ill? But no, the whole idea was he's been trying to make change in his life because he knew things were wrong. Yeah. And now suddenly he's having heart issues. Yeah, no, I've just... Google does. Mark Maron's sick and nothing came and up. And Mark Maron illness and nothing's coming up yeah, other cool. than like mental illness stuff. So it was but... a character choice. I was trying to figure out whether we're trying yeah. to work that into the show or not because he legitimately is just. Yeah, maybe just got healthier. Seems skinnier. Yeah. yeah, maybe just getting healthier. Good on you. Good on you, Mark mm. Maron. Um, and then so they start introducing this into it as well, which I like as a form of toxic masculinity that is really common, but not necessarily explored as much in television because it's not as like dark and broody as what like. What kind, sorry? The. The, the type of masculinity where you don't get help because you can't, oh, I see what you're you can't admit to weakness. To illness, gotcha, right? gotcha, gotcha. Yep. Um, it's, it's a much more self-toxicity rather than yeah. it affecting the people around you. Mm-hmm. It's more how it affects yourself. But as someone who works in healthcare, you see it way too often, and especially mm. men of a certain generation yeah. who are just will not admit weakness, don't want to see the doctor because the last thing they want to hear is bad news, mm-hmm. uh, can't stop, won't stop until they kill themselves, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it doesn't get talked about as much as other forms of like, you know, domestic violence and stuff because it's like, no, sexy is not the right word, but it's not as like dramatically interesting. Yes. Um, and so I, was, I liked seeing that. I think that made sense for Sam. What do you think? Um, yeah, it certainly makes sense for Sam as mm. a character to, you know, he's sick. I mean, he, the fact that he ha- doesn't really want to deal with his drug and alcohol problems mm-hmm. his entire life, he, he doesn't want to admit a lot of things. So, yeah, if he actually had a serious illness, of course he wouldn't deal with that either. I was wondering where they were taking it. And obviously, like, these are the first signs of something that's probably going to hit in later seasons, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think they're building into something yeah, else. Yeah, so I'm interested to see where that goes. And I'm um, sad for Justine already. Yeah, totally. Whether, yeah, what that could mean for her. Particularly yeah. um, if it's going to be a problem for them on set, like if they're making mm. this movie and like his health issues yeah. become an issue as well. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, but one of the things, I just loved the scene where he, they're walking out, like that, they're having the meeting mm-hmm. and he's having... Essentially a heart attack. I can't remember what the doctor called yeah, it. Yeah, heart attack. He called it something else, but Sam's like, just call it a heart attack. Sure. Yeah. And they walk out and he's obviously ill. And then he's like, no, you take the car. I'll catch up later. Mm. And then when she's in the car 
and he's the camera is like looking out from Justine's perspective and then over his shoulder but it's back at her and the fear that's in his eyes that he mm. is trying to hold back as he tells her that he's proud of her yeah um is some of the best acting I've ever seen from Mark Maron. Mm. And then when she's driven off to immediately ask the next person who got walked ambulance. past, please call me ambulance. Yeah. I'm really unwell. Fucking out, it's scary. It was a very, very cool scene. I thought that was mm. very well paid off. Uh, what about Debbie this season? What do you think of Debbie? Mm. So I think, yeah, Debbie's storyline is probably one of my favourites this season. Like mm. I enjoyed her struggle to make her role be or at least be seen as important. It very much is. She's fucking running the entire show. Sure. But, yeah, her kind of like... Well, running it, at least making better decisions than the guy who seems to be running the show. Oh, yeah, what the fuck is Bash doing? He's not doing anything. (laughs) Um, And Sam's He's he's getting magicians and jugglers. And Sam's not doing anything. She's like writing all the checks. She's like approving changes. She's running the fucking show. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and then it was interesting... Obviously, she gets her boyfriend, who seems amazing. I was like, this is an interesting turn. Yeah. And then... Okay, so I like the basics of it. Mm. The basics of Debbie gets into this relationship that seems like really fucking cool. And she's, you know, very, very happy in it. But she's also pursuing her career as well. And he seems very supportive of that. And he's very successful himself. Awesome, cool. And then he's supportive... It seems of like uh, the problems of like the queer community. Yes. And then he's like, oh, I just need you around to be pretty. That's what I'm saying. Weird, is that like, I like, so if Debbie came to this thing where she's like, oh, here's an amazing opportunity for me professionally, it's going to fuck over my boyfriend. But actually, like, the profession is the thing that I really, that's my priority. And Mm. she chooses that. Cool. Awesome. We don't need to turn him all of a sudden into yes. this like mustache twirling villain. I agree. It's like, you, I mean, you can like drop like little hints of that here and there, even though I don't think we need that at all. I don't think you do need I it. I think he can just be a good guy. And she's like, actually, like uh, this relationship is nice, but I am so fulfilled by my career. Yeah. I'm going to do whatever it takes to like take it to the next level. You know all that you need? Mm. You need the scene where he said, when it comes to business, I'm kind of ruthless, right? Mm-hmm. He sees business as a ruthless thing. Like, yeah. like he will do what she would, she is doing if mm-hmm. he could. That yeah. would totally be within his playbook to do it. Yeah. He might even begrudgingly respect somebody who can do this, mm-hmm. you know, and steal a deal from under somebody yeah. else. You do not need. Mm-hmm. In fact, you've only undermined what is an interesting, really interesting character development for Debbie mm-hmm. by all, all of a sudden making it a sympathetic move. Yes. Totally It doesn't need to be that at yeah, all. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, because he's not being ruthless because his feelings are hurt. He's being ruthless because that's what you got to do in business. That's and she's just doing the exactly same thing. Yep. Yeah, so I thought that was a disappointing turn. Like, yeah. what, like I said, I like the outline of the story, but the details in it were like, we didn't need that. But otherwise, I, yeah, I... Really enjoyed Debbie telling Bash to fuck off when he didn't have his <laughs> voice. That was wonderful. Um, now, the ending <clears throat> between her and Ruth, what were your yes. thoughts on that? A little confused overall about where, yep, where we're at. Com- Good. That's like, why I asked you. Yeah. It's it just it's confusing because mainly because I'm not sure where Ruth's at at all. Thank you. It's not I Debbie. I thought it was me. <laughs> yeah, no. It's not Debbie. Debbie's totally everything that makes sense except mm-hmm. for the agreed. The way they got there didn't 100% work for me. They just sort of like, yeah, you just didn't need that. But the 
the bit of like we're buying the TV station mm-hmm. and we're going to have glow again. We are in charge of our fucking chance. Everything is lighting up. Totally. Yes. And Ruth's like, no, this yeah. is not what I want. Just because. Ugh. So we have Debbie say this thing where she's like, you know, you got to know when to like throw in the hat type of thing. Yeah. But she's just, she's, it's frustrating because obviously they worded it in the script so that for some reason we as viewers can be like, oh, well, Ruth has just been told that her dreams are shit and so she then has to make this big noble choice. But really we as viewers know that, sure, yes, you're not going to be that like, you know, amazing actress that you want to be, Ruth, but here is an incredible opportunity to be a creator, be a creative and it, ca- it can still be a stepping stone. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm never going to act again. Yeah. You can just do this thing, have a fucking paycheck. Yeah. Pretty big paycheck being a creative and do what you want on the side as well and still pursue your other dream. I mean- It doesn't make any sense. Debbie's whole like, storyline no. has been about being a mother and a performer and a producer yeah. this season, right? Ridiculous. It's- So Ruth is just a fucking idiot and I don't know- what- <sighs> I, I didn't know, understand the tone of that scene. Like, because I, I found, like, Ruth, you're a fucking idiot. Are we meant to feel that? Or are we meant to be like, wow, Ruth is like. I think we are meant to feel creative. like Ruth is a fucking okay, idiot right good. now. I mean, if, if there's one consistent that's been this year, it's been, Ruth, what the fuck are you doing? That's been my overriding Ruth feeling all season, right? I mean, oh, that's consistent for her character throughout the Con- seasons. Throughout the seasons. Yeah. But it did feel like we haven't had enough attention on Ruth. About her career this season, mm. what have we had? She's a little bit jealous at fucking um, uh, Sheila because Sheila's mm. suddenly a better actor than her. Mainly, it's about her how she feels about Sam, though. Yeah, and but then- even like her jealousy towards Sheila is like, well, Sheila like wanted to act with her on stage, and then she chose to hang out with Sam instead, right? Well, there was that scene though where she realized that Sheila's just like a fucking vaunted acting apparently, yeah. right? And she felt like. I think, like, you can build up those little things along the mm. way where maybe she's just feeling like... And then that conversation inadequate. with Debbie and she's feeling inadequate mm. and stuff like that. So, but, yeah, it, it's it's a weird moment to have Debbie say, here's this amazing thing, mm. and her say... I think maybe that's where just Ruth is meant to be. Ruth is just meant to be in a, I don't know what I want yeah. right now. Every I've spent a year in this place, yeah. and rather than feeling and having a steady job doing this thing and rather than feeling like I know more about myself I know less about myself yeah I don't know who I like I don't mm. know what I like I don't know what I want that's where yeah. I'm at because like but whether that mm. show did a good enough job to communicate yeah. that and get us there I'm not sure I yeah I think that's thing because when I'm looking at you know all of Ruth's choices throughout like the seasons particularly mm-hmm. this one I'm like okay so Ruth is the pathologically unhappy person mm-hmm. I can certainly relate to She's that be- making bad choices yeah. since episode one but I, yeah, <laughs> like the first scene. First scene. Much. Um, so I, I can certainly relate to that, but I would love to delve a bit more into the mental machinations of someone like that. The, the, the how much it damages your psyche to constantly be self-sabotaging, to see how that just crumbles you as a person. Give me those moments. Give me like, give me some real realizations, even like, you know, oh, some, I don't know, pauses of, yeah, just maybe some quiet moments with Ruth that aren't about a boy would maybe would be nice. You've watched this one and a half times through, so I'm glad yeah. you're still feeling this way having watched it again because I've only watched it the one time. Mm. But I, I just feel like it's like the ingredients are there but the ratios are off. Yeah. It's like 
I can see the way you're trying to go, but like you didn't give me enough Ruth of the things that are relevant to get me here. Mm-hmm. But you did give me a lot of Ruth because I felt like, well, why are we spending so much time with Ruth? And, it just the Ruth and Sam stuff just seemed to really overpower the whole dish. I'm really going for a metaphor involving food at the moment. Love it. But it's like it overpowered the storyline. Mm-hmm. Ruth's storyline took the spotlight. So when you get to that mm. point at the end, it's like, oh, was that what this season was about? Mm-hmm. And so it's either put her in the background and this is not how you should finish the season or have her in the foreground, but make sure that's what the focus is because mm-hmm. it seems so much on Sam. That was That's the problem. Yeah. It's just off. And I've had a problem this season. I thought just the writing for me overall was a step down. Mm-hmm. And that came from individual moments that just weren't as sharp as they used to be. It was it's yeah, less the wit was duller. It was duller. There's a yeah. joke that's in the trailer uh, where uh Debbie says something about the amount of money they're going to have. It's like, "Oh, I can make a pile and make it the the um a pile of money, make it the shape of my son who I miss or whatever." Yeah. And it's like you don't need to say that. That's the text. You just said the subtext. It's like it was such an obvious thing to say. It wasn't, no, I like that joke. I, think I don't think it's really well. funny. Or it's like we've literally we really know at this point how much you miss your fucking son, or how much you're struggling with being not being with your son. Mm. Right? That is really obvious to me at this point. She doesn't need to say it out loud. And it wasn't funny. It wasn't a funny line either. It, it was a funny line. I disagree. I don't think it was a funny line. <laughs> no, I think I think that really works in that scene because Bash is just full of excitement, and she, yeah, she just makes a little, little wittier side of being like, "That's oh, great, cool. witty." But that's humor, right? Okay. Mm. So what are you going to do? Anyway, I didn't think that was particularly it's funny, and then I, d- I don't think that's a good example of why sure. the comedy okay. of the show. Doesn't okay, work. the line about the dying on the toilet eating a yeah, hamburger, yeah, the Elvis one, one is whatever terrible. that was. That was in like scene one. I'm like. Mm. That's how you want to start your season? It's unfortunate because I love the opener, but that line was bad. The opener's good. The Fucking first made me laugh. episode is a very weird energy to start your season on, I thought. I was like, you're setting a really dull, mm. bored, energeticless tone yeah. here. I could see that as like a second episode, maybe, but like, let's. Build some energy well, when thought, we're coming back from a year long. Because we started off and like obviously the challenger thing happens. Yes. And yes. this that situation, it's a very funny situation. Very funny. And both, you know, Debbie and Ruth, it's played so wonderfully. Oh. It's felt like it, it I was like, when it that was happening, I was like, this is gonna be a good season. Absolutely. That's fucking funny. Agreed. And then I thought, you know, that would that like that infused me with energy. I'm like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. But then they make Ruth go. So, like, every time something fun is happening, she's there to stop the fun. And I was yeah. like, oh, oh. Maybe they were setting us up for this season. Maybe they were. <laughs> Ruth's going to be a Debbie Downer yep. the entire time. Every time you want something fun to happen, Ruth's going to come in and go... Mar, 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 mar. <laughs> no, that's not that's not accurate of the, the, prob- the real problems with this season. But, yeah, it was totally a bit strange. Um, I did want to talk about Debbie, going back to Debbie for a second, though. Mm-hmm. Um. We also brought up this sort of, maybe I'm looking too much into this. We end an episode with Debbie throwing up the delicious burger she just ate into mm-hmm. a toilet. Yes. I thought that was pretty important. Mm-hmm. Never gets brought up again for the no. rest of the season. Am I just expecting too much? Is that not as big a moment as I felt it was? It's weird to end an episode on that and not then mm. like address it at, at little bit. 
Can but she's I just, unwell or something. Yeah, at least. I mean, I'm very glad that it didn't turn into a Degrassi very special episode. Totally, totally. Um, I yeah, it's not shocking. I I guess I thought it was expected because at that point, Debbie is feeling very out of control of her own life. Mm-hmm. We see that um, she is an actress in the '80s. <laughs> Even now, really, when you think about it, um, the expectations on women's bodies. Sure. Um, and that's just a way for her to feel control. And so, it's the fact that it do- doesn't come up again, I assume, like, she was able to, like, find ways to control things in other aspects of her life. Well, I don't think it's, like, a big ongoing issue. Like, because I've known plenty of women, they don't have, like, consistent, like eating disorders, but have had moments of, oh, this is going to make me feel better for now. So, um, I mean, it might come back next season, but I didn't need it to be a big comment or thing. It doesn't need to be big though even. It just needs to be acknowledged a little bit along the way, especially because I do think she, if we say that's because she's feeling like a lack of control, I think Mm. she gains control as the season goes on, right? She does end up getting her son to Vegas. Mm. And while that's obviously a lot of work, she seems to be doing both roles Mm -hmm. fairly well. Then she makes that big decision at the end to take the deal from under Texas nose or whatever. After she had a big talk about how she hates men because they get to make all the choices in the world Mm. and blah, blah, blah. All motivated stuff. I I don't know, just... You need to tie that up thematically just with a little where she bit. ends up. I get that. Again, I think, I think that's this is a good fair. example of where I think the writing is just a little bit sloppy or just drops the ball a couple of times along the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Just also going back to the airport thing for a second, mm-hmm. did you think the chasing Ruth through the airport bit was a bit strange? Like kind of only to get them at the gate so that moment where Ruth walks away could be more dramatic because Debbie can't follow? Ruth, yeah. wait. Wait, Ruth. Ruth, wait. It goes off the H. <laughs> It does. Just that was really strange. It does, yeah. Uh, should we talk about Bash? Sure. Uh, How do you think about Bash this season? Um, <laughs> so Bash is struggling with some things. Some I thought things. his relationship with Rhonda was really interesting. I actually, I think I really like the Bash and Rhonda stuff this season mm. a, lot, a lot more than I expected to. Me too. Yeah, I, I did. I did. I really did. I thought it was great. It hurts me a little bit mm. when so much of this show spends its time on um, this male character. Yeah, when oh, okay. I'm not spending any other, a lot of time with a lot of the other women. Sure. So that makes me go. Um. But yeah, no, like the relationship is really complex and in and of itself very interesting, beautifully performed, a really captivating story, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I um. I, I like it because I keep feeling like my assumptions on Bash are being sort of played with a little bit, mm-hmm. right? And we talked last season, I think, about how, oh, yeah, he's obviously gay, right? Yeah. And you were like, is, is that definitely true, though? Mm. And I felt pretty sh- sure of it. Mm. But the show continued... I just didn't want to make assumptions. Yeah, yeah. And, mm. But I thought it was pretty... I thought that the text, the way yeah. the show was delivering it was making it pretty the obvious. The signposts were there, yeah. But then there's a lot of reasons along the way to, I think, not 100% be sure of that. He's mm. having pretty enjoyable sex, it seems like, with with uh, with Rhonda. Mm-hmm. And they seem to be getting along for a long time. So for, cute. Yeah, really cute Very couple. Cute. Um He's enjoying being a success. Yeah. Even and he gets if he's making shitty decisions. With that guy teaching Rhonda how to ride a bike. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And then ultimately it all gets to I mean, 
there's that great scene where he says they're staying for another nine months and he's the biggest fucking prick ever. Uh, oh, with Debbie. With Debbie and oh. just ev- and all the girls. Like, you're a fucking cunt. Yeah, he's a real prick this season. Yeah, and is. I think that's interesting, though. It may- it's like turning the sort of innocent um, man-child wrestler mm-hmm. fan mm. who happens to be the producer of this yeah. show. Well, that's what happens when the man-child has all the money and all the power. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, I think that, that that's a mm. very interesting spot for Bash to be. Bash becoming the bad guy or a bad guy at times mm. is a good place for him. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, that moment where, which is a pretty convoluted plan, but sure, where Rhonda's like, I'm going to... It's such a Rhonda plan, though. It of is, course you'd be And like, Melrose, really. And yeah. Melanie plan. It's like a very them plan. That's yeah. true. Um, They've watched so many soaps. You know they have. <laughs> sure. I mean, they're in a soap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, get the, the male sex worker to come up, mm-hmm. pretend to be... He's flirting with... Rhonda, yep. and they're going to get bashed, jealous, going to throw him out, we're going to have mad, passionate love. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into a much more complicated scene. Oh, boy. Which I was very impressed that that's how the show decided to address it. Mm. It wasn't this simple, like, oh, I just really like guys and not girls, and it's been a whole act. It's like, yeah. this is very messy. Complicated. Complicated yeah. feelings and emotions and mm. desires going on here. And to it felt, I thought it was really good at portraying how that whole thing would feel. It'd be confusing yeah. and exciting and weird and it would leave you quite possibly upset. And I think mm. Rhonda was very upset with mm-hmm. how it all went down. Yeah. And where, because like the, just the image of like the two guys yeah. and her in between. Yeah. And them just sort of reaching around it to touch each really other. It felt really quite organic, I think. I was in really like, impressed with in it. One just like, uh, like the threesome was taking place. Yeah. And then the aftermath when, yeah, obviously they need time and they're both kind of processing it and they're both very confused and hurt but not really sure what kind of hurt they're feeling. And then obviously you have Bash who is seemingly at least a bisexual man being very upset and very fearful as like a queer man in the 80s. That was my favourite part. And how though. that is tied to death. Yes. Because I, you know, I've had, I've got many gay male friends mm. and, you know, obviously so, some are slightly older than me and, you know, grew up younger, you know, realising they were queer, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. And being a gay man was attributed to death. Yeah. And it's very fucking complicated and a very scary thing to come to terms with. So, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. That The scene where Debbie goes up to find Bash, because the name for the um, mm, Christmas episode, yeah. and he literally just says, I don't want to die. And you yeah. just finally see him express the fear that has come across as like... Remember when they go to that club when they're mm. looking for his friend in season mm-hmm. two? And he's looking around and it's like... He's he's holding himself back mm. because ultimately it's just it's fear yeah, underneath it all. Totally. It I'm really impressed by Bash and what they do with him. Mm-hmm. I agree with you that maybe in a show about a women's wrestling mm. uh, show that they have put a, a lot of time into Bash, mm. but at least what we get of what him get is, is good. pretty good and worthwhile yeah. and worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very tragic story. He's a very yeah, a much more interesting character than you might expect when you first meet him in season one. So I'm yes. I'm I'm liking that stuff for the most part. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate what it is. Uh, do you have anything else on Bash or Rhonda you want to talk about? 
No, I just thought they performed those Kate Nash and I don't know the guy's name. Wonderful performances and a pretty good story. Excellent. Uh, how do you feel about what we did with Cherry this season? Oh, yeah, that was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah, she doesn't want to give up her body, which is fucking fair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then she was, what, depressed for a while. Well, not dealing with her issues. Had a gambling... Chris Lowell. Lowell. Chris, Chris Lowell. Lowell. There you there go. You go. Well Sorry. Done, Chris. That's uh, Sebastian <laughs> Bash Howard, because I didn't know either. <laughs> um, and then she has a gambling problem, and then she solves it very quickly. <laughs> And then her husband comes back. Oh and yeah, they just baby. do the the mud wrestling. Apparently, like that's done, enough. Right? That's a huge fucking like pool to win. Like was it like five thousand dollars or something? Five or ten or something like that. Yeah, it was a, yeah, and and like this is eighties five thousand. It seems like too. a very small club filled with maybe twenty people. Yeah, I don't think it betting was that. on them mud to do uh, where they knew one of them was going to win. Yeah, I did not quite sure how that worked. <laughs> sure, resolved. Yep, sure. Um, yeah, it was fine. I don't I th- know if I had many thoughts about it. I, just, I, 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 again, this could speak mainly to the point of like we could have spent more time in some of these stories because mm. ultimately I've always enjoyed Cherry's relationship with her husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Beautiful they make a great couple. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, the scene when it's all going down is pretty heartbreaking. Very heartbreaking. When he's like, "Well, does like what I want matter?" And she's like, "I'm not sure." And he's so hurt. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty upsetting. And a very, like, real conversation. Very real I conversation. Mm-hmm. I thought very real, like, he, we've never seen him really, like, angry or upset mm-hmm. very often. He's, He's always, always been, been supportive. super supportive and yeah. really cool husband. And so, to find the line where all of a sudden it's like, well, hold on. Mm-hmm. I'm always supporting you. Yeah. I've been waiting for this. Where and- is the, you know, and find the line that pushes him to to step away for a bit. I thought it was, I thought it was a great scene. I thought, yeah, very interesting discussion, you know, mm-hmm. her trying to figure out. And like much like Betty, it's like um, not Debbie. Betty. Sorry, Debbie. <laughs> it's easy to do. Probably I Betty do it too. every time. Probably Betty too. That's it. Uh, the you know when you your life is your body and how you perform, mm. what it means to have a kid. You, the guy doesn't have to give up his mm. life to do this, but yeah. she might. Um, and then I also really appreciate it. It might seem like a pat solution, but I think it's a level-headed one to say, well, we can still have there a kid. Are other options, yeah, yeah. It just can't be biologically ours, mm-hmm. but this could work. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, it just makes him the coolest husband ever. He is the coolest husband <laughs> ever. But I thought that was a nice little fairly pat storyline. Mm. Uh, let's talk about Sheila though. Okay. I really thought, really loved what I found with Sheila this season. Me too. It was so good. Starting with, uh, I mean, starting with her just reading um, the script that uh, Sam did mm-hmm. and he giving her sort of opinion on that I thought it was a really good place to start and then the moment in the and club her, uh, her understanding of like what isn't working in a scene yes and it's been like oh well actually like there's half the story that's missing here and it's like clearly she understands story and what can make it more dynamic and interesting yeah well done and then going to see the drag act mm-hmm. and Sort of, yeah, being having her choice to be this wolf woman or this persona she has yep. put under the spotlight a bit, yes. Can I just say, yes. the scene where the drag queen gets off stage yes. and is talking to Sheila yes. is so poorly written. Okay. It's so on the nose and so sure. obvious and just like somehow this drag queen 
immediately understands how Sheila identifies and is very understanding of that, even though Sheila is really giving her nothing. One, it's the most caring, sharing drag show I've ever seen. Yep. Um, <laughs> and it just felt <sighs> a little saccharine. It felt like a little uh, basic. Too easy. Too-, too easy. Yeah, way too easy. And I like, I love the dynamic of those three people finding each other. It was just like that felt, it felt lame to me, that scene. I would argue that if I had a criticism of... Sheila's storyline this season mm. is that in general it was a little too easy. Yeah. Like it's not long after that scene that she does the uh Liza Minnelli bit. Can I just say it's my favorite bit in the entire show? It is brilliant. Her Liza is so good. Yeah. And when she's in the ring, she does not let go of that martini glass. And her <laughs> Liza-isms are Perfect. She is such a good Liza. It's incredible. Gail Rankin is the actress. Oh, and it's her Liza is mwah. I feel like she must have done that at like one of their like after parties or something. Her or on set her Liza impression. And the writer's like, well, we have to somehow manage to get Sheila in a Liza costume. And it's amazing. And it does just feel like um it's great to see this the actress Oh, where's my mama? Oh, blossoming both so in good. Sheila and in uh, Gail Rankin, who, mm. who's performing her, just to let them just like, oh, <laughs> this is this character we've yeah. had here the whole time. Mm. Uh, yeah, the Liza <laughs> bit's fantastic. And then I just, I for me, that episode is not the best episode of the season necessarily, but mm. was I was like, oh, the show is back. This feels yeah. like it was really starting to hit its stride in the middle. It's like anytime they just, and them doing the Freaky Tuesday thing and all swapping mm. roles, getting to see... Uh, Debbie doing Zoya and getting Fun. Ruth to do her like Judy Garland oh, sort of ish. So good. Uh, uh, Liberty uh, Bell was this brilliant. This plain Jane, the Great Plains. <laughs> all this stuff was so good. That was great. That stuff. Um, and For then like meat and wheat or whatever it was. Fuck, it's great. Yeah. The, that's it. The next episode mm. was the camping one, and sort of Sheila goes on a hike. Is like. Pass out from heat exhaustion after yes. seeing a wolf, maybe, maybe not really, and then is like throws her pelt onto the mm-hmm. onto the fire. Mm-hmm. And she has that great line: "It was getting in the way, in my way." Love that mm-hmm. moment. Kind of feel like we could have felt. I don't know. Felt like it could be more of a struggle here, more of a choice being made, more of a. It's just like I go up to the mountain, have an epiphany, and it's fixed. Seems a little too easy yeah. for what is otherwise a great story or a great moment for that character. Mm. Yeah, it's a big moment. It's a, it's a complicated moment because obviously she identifies as a wolf mm-hmm. that is very much a part of who she is, a, part, a way for her to express herself. Um, yeah. So, yeah, what would be the, the better way to do that other than having a heavy-handed conversation? I'm sure there's many ways. Um, but, yeah, that episode felt like a very special episode. Sure. In which yeah. both, you know, a lot of, you know, big important conversations are happening, but they're not really saying much at all. Um, and then we end with the moment with her getting rid of it with Ruth. I was glad it was her and Ruth because, like, obviously, they've been – They've had many conversations about her identity, so I think she's the perfect one to be there sure. and have that conversation. But yeah, it's it's yeah. It's I, interesting when you're talking about like discarding 
something that has been the symbol for her identity and her pride in that identity mm-hmm. to then burn it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. It's complicated. I suppose, if I'm being fair, they did spend most of the rest of the season with just her. I mean, we do have those that episode, the, sorry, scene with her doing the scene reading and the guy, mm-hmm. you know, saying, you know, what is this? This is getting in the way of yeah. you and blah, blah, blah. And we see her struggling with like, well, if I want to be an actor, can I really yeah. succeed mm. in that profession if mm-hmm. I am And yeah, it was woman. nice because obviously like having, she's heard people say that to her an entire her entire life and like, well, what is this? Like, you know, being a fucking she-wolf, you're yeah. not going to have much of a future. And then she has like, she meets someone that fully gets it. She's able to have honest conversations about it, you know, without her wig on, like he's brushing her yeah. wig and stuff. And so... That's a good it's moment. A, yeah, it's about her hair for the first time. Yeah, it's not about the symbol; it's about the expression of who she is internally. Um, mm, so it's good to have her be more open. Because when we first meet Sheila, she is she wears the costume, she hides behind it, so she doesn't have to talk about who she is. Now we've seen her grow enough to actually yeah. talk about who she is and express herself that way. She doesn't need the the wall of the the costume or whatever. Mm. Um, what about the scene when they're at the Libertine Ball or whatever it's called mm. and she's meant to do that scene with Ruth and she's like pushed it back and back and back. It's like, just go out there and do something. Yeah. And I don't know what that scene's from. Are I've you, got no idea either. Don't know where it came from. But got to, I always love just a hold on the shot, let the performance speak for itself. Yeah. Moment. And that was wonderful. Mm-hmm. It was just it a was. great couple of minutes yeah. of someone... Killing what it, they love. yeah, <laughs> and just killing it, yeah, and just it to be you ever sit there and go, that was fucking awesome, mm. and yeah, really appreciate good. that moment. And I also got to say, I love that. I was really worried they were building into this whole like, oh, Sheila's going to be upset with Ruth that she didn't show up, and like the next episode they're like, she was fine, she was fine, because <laughs> <laughs> she Screw fucking it. killed it. And obviously, something way bigger happened that night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point, absolutely. Uh, you were talking about that very special episode. Mm. So what made that episode so? special? Special, special episode. The ladies go camping. Well, this is the episode where we talk about our issues. <laughs> no, just not just our issues. The big issues. The big issue. We talk about the big issues. We talk about racism. Yep. We talk about homophobia. <laughs> and we talk about being in love with Sam, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> This is quite a commentary. <laughs> this is this is why I pay us the big bucks to mask. So it, yeah, it, it, yeah, that's right. You should see my paycheck. Um, <laughs> so you have the conversation around the campfire between um, Madison. Yep. And fuck, I've got the other chick's name. Um, and Jenny. Jenny, thank you. Um, so Madison's talking about. Her Jewish heritage yep. and the, her Jewish religion. Oh, well, I think we take a step, step back. This episode before, oh. Madison was putting on a ridiculously racist yes. version of yeah. Fortune Cookie. Mm-hmm. And there's been a smattering of her racist commentary about Asians throughout the season and throughout the show. I was like, if we go back, really, yeah. throughout the show, we've been talking about it since season one. And lots of people have been talking online about like the complexities of having these people play these, like, racial stereotypes and, like, Mm. is it appropriate in the show? Yes, it's reflective of the era. What are they trying to say? What's Mm. the comment on all this sort of stuff? 
And it feels like what the show has decided, the way to approach it is, we've got to a breaking point where one of the characters says, that's the line. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, continue. Yeah. So, and I maybe maybe that is the thing, is that because of all the commentary around the show, mm. instead of doing the show don't tell, they're like, we can no longer, we're not going to do the show of it anymore. We just need to sit down and actually have a conversation about it. Okay. Which I guess is probably what they're doing. I didn't, I thought the conversation wasn't particularly well written. I didn't think it was particularly well executed. It, yeah. It it had a similar vibe to the conversation between Sheila and the drag queen. It felt easy. It felt simple. It lacked the like emotional complexity the one-on-one dynamics between the women that are so uh, infused with, yeah, complexity. It was just, uh, felt like it could have been in any fucking show. It was boring. What, I I think it's worth saying also, we are both white. So, like, you know, when it comes to Mm -hmm. us about racism, you know, pinch of very white salt there. Um, The... The problem is when it feels easy, it's like bring up this problem one episode, it's resolved the next episode, mm. never gets discussed yeah, again. Yeah, absolutely. It's and like, well, we're going to solve racism in this conversation by the by the campfire. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another issue that's brought up as well that's kind of have has a similar vibe as well. Um, yeah. I, I just feel like in an episode... I wanted a, more, I guess. Like it's... Yeah, I wanted more. In a season where you have Ruth, seemingly her storyline revolves around her infatuation with Sam. Mm. We couldn't find room to make this big discussion of racism last more than an episode and a half. Yeah. Like you could have built a whole episode around being at the Fantam, mm. you know, Asian-themed casino in Las Vegas. Yeah. Around... This problem mm-hmm. that is inherently a part of the show they are making. Yep. Like you can, there is a big opportunity to say something really interesting there, I mm-hmm. think. And it's always been a part of the DNA of the show. So they just sort of like have a very special episode, as you put it. Mm. Seems like it's shortchanging it a little bit. Like what a waste of potential. And and maybe that's where the disappointment comes from or anything. And like you said, it wasn't all that well written or yeah, it's just a, let's just have a kumbaya and have a hug and we're rise yep. rain again. I, I was glad that, you know, obviously Jenny was able to, like, advocate for herself and it yep. wasn't a situation where, you know, Madison sees, like, while she's being racist, she sees, you know, another form of racism happen to Jenny and then steps in and realises her own mistake and so is the white saviour of her own fucking story. I'm glad they didn't do that because I fucking that, – that would be way worse. So I'm glad they had, like, a real discussion about it in that sense. And do, you mean, do you mean Melanie or Madison? Oh, Melanie. Well, what's her? Melanie Melrose Rosen. Melrose. Because I think of like. It's the. It's. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No, no. I, I totally got where you were coming yeah. from there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Melanie Melrose. Melanie Mel Melrose is her. Yeah. Thing. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Fuck. I yes. Know. Madison. M. Madison. <laughs> <laughs> You've been Mel- watching too much Orange New Black. Go oh, on. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> yes. Melanie. So. Yeah, I, I was glad. So, Melanie wasn't the white saviour. None of that bullshit, which was great. And Jenny was able to clearly articulate her grievances with the fucking situation, which is good. I just wish it was a little bit more um, complex than that, than what we got. 
I and I and I think the writers are capable of that because I think we've seen, you know, complex relationships play out. My favorite episode before. of last season was Tamay's episode mm. about playing welfare queen with her, her with her son. Yeah, because it was co- more complex than that, mm-hmm. and it. Um, it was a much more interesting discussion to me, yeah. exploration of that. It was a whole episode that was pretty much based around two characters, um, which allowed it to be focused, mm. I think, and didn't feel like a very special episode, mm-hmm. inverted commas, TM, very special episode. Yeah. <laughs> the other the other storyline you're talking about is sort of the one, I want to say it was sort of about sexuality, I guess, mm-hmm. between Arthi and Yolanda. Well, so it's, it's uh, twofold. Yes. So we've got the conversation, yes, about sexuality mm-hmm. and uh, self-identity, how, how you identify yourself. Yep. Um, but then we've also got the homophobia aspect with um, the two, the what are the, the grandmas. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, so they express some, um, I would say microaggressions, some homophobic microaggressions towards uh, the ladies. Sure. And it's never dealt with. Except at the Last end, episode, Christmas time, miracles happen. Where one of the grandmas buys a rainbow fucking headband and somehow is no longer homophobic, which I, it was. Tokenistic <sighs> in its literal sense. <laughs> like, right? Right. That's what, that's what it <sighs> means to be tokenistic, right? So obviously they're in the fucking 80s. Uh-huh. And these. Two women are, while well, Yolanda is out as a gay woman, Arthie might not have used those words or identified. She's in, she's in a gay relationship yep. and out in that sense. Um, dealing with being out within your own community that has elements of homophobia mm-hmm. is really complicated. Um, it's brought up and then, yeah, it's solved by a fucking headband. We... we how are they suddenly not homophobic now? Yeah. Or like, like, are we not going to like have any or see anything regarding them realizing that like their comments are fucking homophobic? Do you feel like we're missing the act two? Like yeah. it's act one, act three. And yeah. We've like seen no growth in these characters Mm-mm. except just going, oh, they were homophobic. Oh, they're not anymore because they bought them this thing. Yeah. And we've had like the previous episode where they've had these homophobic attacks made against the queer community mm. in Vegas. Yeah. And like that's an important point. And Yolanda has made an important point about why they're not going around at this time and place yeah. saying outright that they're gay. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of complexity around yeah. something as even simple as wearing mm-hmm. a pride flag. Yeah. Uh, so that just that element, I was like, what? Yeah. Um, sure. But yeah, no, the actual how Arthie identifies and being um, out to herself using the word gay or lesbian, mm-hmm. Yolanda's reaction to that, I found that really interesting. Sure. Um, yeah, it's it's a complicated situation when you're, you're very much out and identify that and are very mm-hmm. comfortable with that, um, dating someone who is not or they're newly out or, mm-hmm. you know, entering that world um, in a, from an entirely different space and navigating that is really hard uh-huh. and being sensitive to each other is really hard. So I really, I quite enjoyed what they were doing with that and, you know, watching Arthi 
kind of figure out who she what, was, who she was, and also like. <laughs> You broke up with me. No, I didn't. And then, like, and then yeah. you actually break up. I'm like, well, are we broken up now? Like, and all that kind of stuff. Just the complexities of a relationship. Yeah. It even was, first and foremost. Yeah. I, yeah. I really enjoyed that stuff. Sure. Mm. I think that was good. I think that stuff was there as well. I, there was a p- moment where I thought, like, oh, are we going to maybe talk about bisexuality or even like pansexuality or something like mm. that as well? Yeah. Maybe Arthur is. Yeah. When she was like, oh, I don't want to use that word, I was like, oh, it's because she's bisexual. Yeah. I didn't realize it was just because she. Didn't want to use, want to use the that word. word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I guess like it's a, that's a, like a time thing. Like it's in the 80s. Like, yeah. Sure. Um, also quickly want to talk about Tamay. Is it Tamay? Tamay. Tamay. Yeah. Uh, she is dealing with a back injury. She is. <clears throat> uh, which that I loved that opening montage of mm. her, you know, her waking up. Hot shower, take some pills and some wine, get in the ring, do mm-hmm. it again, over an hour. And I found it very, very hard to watch someone destroy themselves mm. like that. It I've was seen really, your profession. That especially was. my profession. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and I also love the way the resolution is like, they keep setting up this, like, she's going to hurt herself in the ring. And mm. then it's just like a sneeze. And it's like, yeah. she's fucked. I was like, that's very true to life as well. It's mm. the surprisingly little moments that'll do it to yeah. you. Um, I quite enjoyed the way that was uh, built up and shown. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I guess I just appreciate that storyline for what it was. It kind of, they got to a place of resolution and then didn't show the sort of other side of this. What do you mean? Okay. So they suggested like, what if instead of being a wrestler, you're a manager. You're a manager. Yeah. It's part of the theater of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Totally do it. Yep. We never see it. <laughs> I was like. Oh, that'd be cool to see. That's and like, true. That's a bit weird. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll probably see it next season. Yeah, it's probably. it's towards the tail end, isn't I, it? That- yeah, it's like in the in the back two or three episodes. Mm. But I just, I guess, oh, it may even be a little bit earlier. I feel like it was before the time jump. I feel like because they had to, because she was like, I got to keep doing this. This is like my livelihood. Yeah. What are we going to well, do? Well, I know she has a conversation with... Debbie about it at the camp because trip. it was about the whole like we're going to come back for three months. Yeah, Carmen mm-hmm. is the one who suggests uh, the whole idea of like being a manager. I'm pretty sure it, it must be. She's the one that has the knowledge on wrestling, mm-hmm. and so it's before the time jump. So you know, nine months later, I feel like we should have we should understand at least an indication of what her that character might look like a little bit by showing them behind the scenes and stuff. We do have that whole like seeing Ruth take her makeup over nine months sort of situation. Mm. And I just feel like, I guess it's, yes, we'll probably explore the storyline of that more in next season, but I would call that payoff. Like, give us some payoff for yeah. that. Yeah. Part of me felt like um, that episode, like her back, the opener of her hurting her back yeah. was just an excuse to have like a special episode where everyone swaps characters. <laughs> A little bit. Oh, it's a good excuse, yeah. but you dramatically built it up to me. And I, I thought for Tamei was a mm. good storyline for her. What I just do thought it do? was going to be a Tamei episode, and then like we spent a large portion of the episode just watching them sure. play different people, which I was mean, really fun. But it just wasn't the episode that I was expecting. It's funny how much I'm seeing that those two episodes are like a two-parter. The Freaky Tuesday and the camping episode are like have the starts mm. and ends of a bunch of different yeah. stories. Um, which could have been full season things, maybe. They were so, mm. uh, you know, heavy or had something to say. Um, 
before we get to final thoughts, Gina Davis, how do you find her this season, her inclusion, her character? <clears throat> Gina Davis is awesome. Mm-hmm. She plays her character really well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you cut out that character... Would the season change very much? No. no. All she really plays is like an example. Like, I think she's set up to sort of be like the bad guy, maybe, mm. in the first couple of episodes. Like, you know. Uh, I didn't get that sense. But. Well, they sort of set up this whole idea that um, she has a power to have them there or not have them there. You know what mm. I mean? She she is the, the level they need to get above, sort of. And then, like, even the whole thing where they're doing the Freaky Tuesday is, like, Debbie trying to, like, sabotage, sabotage. things and, like, she's going to tell them they can't play anymore. She's like, no, that's cool. That's fresh. And then the flip is, oh, Bash is the bad guy, mm-hmm. right? And then what happens is Bash ends up being such a prick that he gets her show fucking that's sad. dies in the ass because yeah. he was going to fund it and then he withdraws the funding. Mm-hmm. And it's... um. So, I thought that was an interesting little minor little story of, like, this person that's built up to be, like, their their heel maybe a little bit. Mm. Oh, wait. This is actually a really sad story about how <laughs> uh, they got fucked over by Bash. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I liked to thought it was. She's great. But yeah. you're right. I, I, every scene she was in, I was like, I'm glad to see you. And I, li- I liked her relationship with Debbie. I thought that was nice. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But beyond that, it wasn't particularly impactful or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. Just a couple of side notes. Mm -hmm. Episode 7, Hollywood Homecoming, was directed by Alison Brie. I did notice that. Interesting. Mm. And you notice that Ruth didn't have a single line of dialogue in that episode. She was just sleeping at the end. Just sleeping at the end. It was all Ruth's dream. (laughs) Uh, Did you enjoy Betty Gilpin in that top hat mask? You know I did. Did you like her amazing Christmas outfit, Damask? You know I did. Every time you know Betty Gilp was no. in an amazing outfit, I just think, I wonder if Damask is enjoying this. Even when she's not in an amazing outfit, if you know what I mean. I, 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 I. You see her boobies this season. You do see her boobies this season, that's correct. <laughs> but no, my favourite... Everyone's um, got their boobies out this season, actually. Yeah, they do. Um, <laughs> my most memorable um, Debbie moment is when she is playing Zoya. Yes. And she says... Who's your daddy now? And it's it's in my mind forever, and it's it's worth its weight in gold. <laughs> <laughs> worth its weight in gold. Uh, I only had one more note, but it might be the most important note of all of my notes. Oh my goodness! Who the fuck is Reggie? Who the fuck is this woman? Who the fuck is she? No. What what is she? <laughs> Wait, stop. I don't know who Reggie is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> who are you talking? Who's Reggie? I mean, the character in the show, the woman that is part of our ensemble, Reggie. The one who goes on the walk with fucking... Um... Oh, the Viking woman. Yes. <laughs> who the fuck is she? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Reggie needs a goddamn episode because we know nothing about her. And it's almost to the point where I'm starting to think, like, is this the joke? Yeah. Is the joke that the white woman, there's this white woman in the cast that, like, nobody has no interesting well, qualities and we never need to know anything about like, it? in, like, the swapping episode or whatever where <laughs> she comes out as a nun <laughs> and Bash is like, and I guess there's the nun now. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did enjoy. Because, <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, no one's waiting to see what character she's going to play. So she just plays a fucking terribly costumed nun. It's great. I kind of feel just sorry for the actress. Like, is she maybe 
Maybe she's one of the writers. Maybe she's like somehow otherwise involved in the creation of this show. Maybe. Because I don't understand why she's still like they. Remember they literally got rid of her for a bunch of last season. She just wasn't in the well, show. Well, she got fired. She yeah. got fired and then rehired so they could go to Vegas so she could still have nothing to do. Huh? She's Scottish. She's re- she's Scottish in real life. What? Yeah. She's not. She's not a writer, a creator, or anything like that. No, she's she's just an actress. Who's given two lines? What a, it's either a cruel joke or a, it might be just a really funny joke. Actually, I'm just not in on the joke at this point. But seriously, give Reggie an episode. I want to know something about this. That would be great, woman. just to like have a really in-depth episode with Reggie. Just one, just yeah. where just I want. It's like the Zeppo from uh, mm. from Buffy. Buffy just yeah. like Reggie's perspective on all the bullshit that's happening around <laughs> her all the time, and she's just happy, just mm. like going on hikes <laughs> and shit. I would love that. Even if it's like just flashback moments of like. Other like other seasons where you see stuff happening in the background and then you just like see her and then follow her for the rest of the day while That'd you know f- big moments are happening around. That would be quite fun. That would be amazing. I would love that. Uh, least favourite episode, Damask? Uh, I'm going to say episode four because Ruth just hangs out with her boyfriend and it's boring. He comes to town. Woo! I would like to make note that before we started recording mm-hmm. the episode, Damas did not have a least favorite episode. She stole mine because mine's episode four. Yeah. Say yes. Uh, yeah. Didn't like uh, the... Just... I was just found Ruth's obsession with Sam to be really tedious at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the fact that we were still going with this and it was such a big part of her psyche and, and her decision making in the, in the season at this point was just really wearing me down. Yes, the boyfriend, Russell whatever, about mm. him. Um, just the whole thing was feeling very pedestrian at that point. And I was like, why are we in Vegas? Vegas sucks. Favourite episode, Damask? Um, the Libertines. I I just enjoyed the show. That the As in the... The show. The... The, the show. What, who, what else is in the show? <laughs> we saw Gina Davis. Gina Davis. Come out as a show we girl. We see Sheila. Um, obviously, we, we get Debbie in her costume. <laughs> that, that's really what you're talking no, about. We, <laughs> no, and we have that great moment at the end when obviously there's, there's... Oh, no, I really enjoyed the scene with Debbie and her boyfriend. And he's like, no, I'm fucking cool with it. I thought that was really lovely and sweet. Yep. Um, before his character assassination. Um, <laughs> and we also have like the... Yeah, like the place is set on fire. And we, at the end, you see Yolanda and Arthie look at one another... And it's quite beautiful and it broke my heart into a million pieces. Very good. Mm. I'm going to say my favorite episode is episode five, Freaky Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked what they were doing with Tamay with her sort of destroying herself. Mm-hmm. I liked sort of turning Bash into the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really just enjoyed watching them do the Freaky Tuesday thing. Everybody playing each other's characters. I was like, oh my God, I'm having fun again. Mm. This is what I was missing. I was... All the way through season one and two, I was having fun consistently. Yeah. The best episode of the entire show is in season two when we just see an episode of Glow. Yeah. And it was so that fucking episode's amazing. great. It is amazing. Yeah. And so to get just to see them having fun and doing that reminded me about why I enjoyed the show so mm. much. Um, yeah. And then Sheila's Liza Minnelli like, ends with so big good. drama. Like yeah. with the whole, at that point, Bash and... Debbie Aurelia, Loggerheads. There's a lot mm. to like about that episode. Another thing I remember that I love about episode nine yes. is um, it's the threesome. It does. Yeah. Mm. Now, that is that is a standout moment. I mm. have to agree with that. Absolutely. Big, big moment. Uh, predictions, hopes, or concerns for Glow going forward? 
I hope this is just a transitional ouch moment for the show and that we're going somewhere much more interesting, mm-hmm. a little bit more in-depth um, and character-driven. Um, my concern is that it's not the case <laughs> and that um, they're unsure of how to continue to make these characters interesting. Yeah. I, um, I first of all, hope the show is rating well because mm, yeah. Netflix is on a cancellation tear at the moment. Mm-hmm. And season three seems to be about the point where shows are getting cut off. Um, I'm very interested to see how this season is received mm-hmm. as well because we were some of the biggest fans for the show getting going around. There are some people who I really respect who seem to not like this show much at all, which I've always found baffling. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time I've had a low moment with the show, has been season three. I kind of wonder whether the show was pushed to August to avoid the Emmy cutoff, because mm. it's usually been coming out around June, July, I think, or mid-year, which yeah. made it meant it was eligible for Emmy nominations. It wasn't this year, so maybe even Netflix knows this season's not so good. Which is a worry. So I hope we get a season four. I am starting to wonder how much further the show has to go. Because if we're starting to flounder a little bit with our characters and we don't know where we're going with them or what we want to say anymore, maybe the show needs to end sooner than later. Which is really hard to say after two fantastic seasons and one average season. Yeah. But Well, that's the thing is like, if they have a clear vision of where they want each of these characters to go, mm. well, that's the issue is that I I don't see that clear path anymore. It, like I said, this, this season feels like we're meandering, we're treading water. And I don't know why because if they clearly know where they want to send their characters, then we should be, you know, having these this slow progress to where they should be. I don't feel that. I'm hoping like... Um, I hope they're not trying to stretch it out for as many seasons they can just to have as many seasons as they can. Which I is, they, I think, a real possibility. Look yeah. at Orange is the New Black, for instance. Yeah, whereas I hope they have like a clear storyline and they'd be happy with three, four, maybe five seasons as long as they've got that clear outline of what should be happening. Uh, but this season makes me worried that that's not the case. There's, I take some uh, confidence in the fact they're going back to television. That's important. Yes. Um. With new, they're gonna have to have new characters, which is interesting. Why they have to have new? Oh, because they don't own the copyright of those characters. Sure, yeah. Mm. There's a way to refresh it, but that, but that is also my worry, right? Mm. It's so you've had season one and two, and they obviously they must have thought there wasn't enough dramatic potential, and just keep them on the air in LA. They had to push them to Vegas. Mm. After one season of Vegas, they're like, no, we got to go back to TV. But they're gonna have to come up with all new characters and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like you're just are you just trying to ref? fresh this thing to keep, you know, are you just using a air freshener on top of what yeah. is actually a dying corpse? That you don't know what to do with this anymore that is a dead yeah. in the water story. That, yeah, that's what I meant like at the the top that's of this worry. episode where I'm like, they just seem constantly worried about like where they're going next. Yeah. Like, just Can't we just sit here for a bit? I'm like, because obviously you brought us to Vegas for a reason. Surely. And I, but I, at this point, I can't really see the reason other than to get us back to TV and then maybe that when we're back at TV and yeah. Debbie's in charge, that's when the real stuff is going to happen. You know what? That right there is the, is enough of a criticism of this season to give it, make it the least of the three. Mm. Why do we come to Vegas? Yeah. What If we're going back to television next season, assuming mm-hmm. there is a season four, what was the point of this diversion? 
Yeah. Was it worth when you made that choice at the end of season two, mm. they had to, they were cancelled and needed to go to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Did you get what you wanted from it? And I don't think yeah. we did. Yeah, and once we again, have done Vegas m- most of that stuff at a TV station anyway. Like, totally you know what I mean? right. You can have Sam off making his movie mm-hmm. with Justine if you need him away from the show yeah. for Ruth to have separation. You can have. There's a lot. You can yeah. still have Debbie and Bash like fighting over as the producers, producers especially with stuff. Sam gone. There's no longer that third person mm-hmm. they can refer to. It's just the two of them. Yeah. Dealing with the ins and outs. You can still have racism discussions. You can still have sexuality discussions. Yeah. What are we missing by not being in Vegas? Mm. And you could just Fuck change all. Ruth's like, oh, monotony to either embarrassment of like, being now known as just a wrestler mm-hmm. when she's an actress. You know, you can just like tweak that a little bit. Just have Sheila, uh, you know, has her breakthrough moment. Mm ends up being a better heel that ma- that is doing better than her in the show. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this Zoya thing that she's attached to is just she needs to do something else and yeah. she doesn't know what she's going to do about it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's plenty of ways we did not need to come to Vegas for these storylines. No. Yeah, mm. that's I'm with you. That's a worry. Uh, also, Carmen is leaving, maybe? <laughs> Which I think is fair because they don't know what to do with her. Yeah. She didn't really have anything to do this season. So Yeah, I mean, they literally, that was her storyline, right? I was like, no one wants to spend time with me anymore. Yeah. You're all off doing other stuff. Fair. Hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting place for the show to be. It is. Uh, I'm still looking forward to next season, though, because I have hope. Oh, I mean... I I, have a large amount of hope that it's going to get better. There's a lot of great actresses in this show and actors in this show. Uh, I love the concept still. Mm-hmm. I love that it's like 10 episodes, about 30 minutes each. That's really, really ref- mm-hmm. like great. They've got that sort of limitations on yeah. their storytelling. Uh, the first two seasons are so good that I'm just hoping this is a little bump in the road. Yeah. But hard to not be cautious or a little less enthusiastic at this point. Mm-hmm. Anything else before we wrap up? No, I'm good. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo and design work comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Draws, uh, and our theme song and bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at bgordes, B-G-O-R-D-E-S, Damask. Find me on Twitter at maskymoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. Next week, we'll be back to discuss Orange is the New Black Season 7. In the meantime, thank you again for listening to Hunting Seasons. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. It happens at the camping trip. Yeah. It's... Um, Oh, what's the character's name? Machu Picchu. Uh, uh, oh. uh, uh, <laughs> keep this on. Don't, don't cut this out. Uh, um, uh, 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cast. What am I looking at here? Carmen. Carmen. <laughs> um, keep it in. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.